Welcome to The Resonance, the podcast about energy and sustainability from Alpha Energy Group. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Alpha Energy Group podcast. I'm Jeremy Nicholson, Corporate Affairs Officer at Alpha. And I'm joined for my fortnightly catch-up on the UK energy markets by my colleague Jason Durden, our Head of Energy Markets and Risk Management. Jason, I imagine uh, conversations nearly always turn to the extraordinary things that have been happening in the markets and inflationary pressures and so on. But it's not just uh, within the UK, there's, there's oil market movements as well, isn't there? And what's the current state of the oil market? Hello, Jeremy. Yeah, the oil market, we're now seeing three-month highs in uh, Brent crude. Moved above 87 overnight uh, this week. I think there's there's several factors going on. We've been seeing, obviously, the OPEC Plus have been very adamant in only sticking to their uh, increased production, as was uh, agreed uh, some months ago last year. There's been, despite pressure, there's been no indication they want to increase that. I suppose Omicron has not really delivered too much of a fear factor around demand. I think there are some pressures with the latest wave on on demand side on the basis that, you know, a lot of people are having to isolate, even though they're not particularly ill, they're having to isolate and, and, and not go to work, which is, there is some evidence. I mean, the US uh, stock data for oil is showing that, you know, there's very limited, uh, lower than normal demand for gasoline over the last few weeks. But there is increased pressure on both crude and uh, distillate because the southeast is enduring a weather storm at the moment, which is affecting, I think, 70 to 90 million people. So a significant portion of uh, population are under sort of snow conditions. So that's going to limit movement and uh, a few other things. But I think... Uh, One of the real interesting things here is the hedge fund and speculative activity in oil. We can see that aggressively the non-user market has been extending longs in oil over the last few weeks. And I think that really is kind of... um, We're living in very strange times and I think we perhaps want to cover it a little bit later on. But um, divestment of investment holdings, whereas oil's been probably the unsung hero of the energy sector in terms of focus. It's all been about gas and to a lesser extent power um, over the last few months. Oil's just been ticking along. And I think as an investment class in itself, I think it's a hedge for some of those people worried that they're uh, overexposed to equities. We are moving into very interesting times with inflation with central banks still printing money like it's going out of fashion there is still a huge amount of uh, investment cash and appetite for investments around indeed and and we'll doubtless return to that later looking sort of internally now in, in the uk and the the supply demand balance in the power and gas markets we're into the well into the winter period now but still quite a bit yet to go and we've had some periods of relatively low wind haven't we when the gas use has been quite high so what are the figures show on that yeah so first week proper of january we basically saw cgt demand supplying 53% of uh, the UK's requirement and that's significant and that coincided with a low period of wind activity. The interesting thing is that um, could argue the market is uh, pretty broken at the moment but I think the market in terms of supply and demand is working very well. There is a huge amount of LNG coming in specifically notably from the US into the UK and to a lesser extent into Europe. Um, what that means 
teams is we've regularly seen LNG turning up to you know 100 MCM a day, particularly during that cold week, the first full week of January. I think that there's been a fairly relaxed supply and demand scenario, even with low wind. Uh, wind's picked up a little bit again this. But, you know, it's been at a huge price. And that, I think, you know, the whole affordability question just comes back. But in terms of supply and demand, the system, interestingly enough, there are now massive problems with Langelid uh, today. Market seems relatively quiet by it, which uh, we expect that the uh, the issues on Nyhamna and uh, Colesness processing plants are fairly short term in terms of they affect today or maybe into tomorrow morning only on the basis that the price seems to be uh, relatively well contained. But the UK is actually, I haven't seen it 25 uh, million cubic metres short all winter. So, you know, it's about 8% of total demand short today. So that's uh, significant. But generally speaking, markets actually coped very well and there's been an abundant amount of gas available, albeit, uh, you know, four or five times uh, the normal price. I think that's the, the important point. I mean, it's it's a very uncomfortable time for consumers and indeed many others in the energy markets at the moment. But the markets are working, um, albeit, as you say, at an extraordinarily high level. And if we're prepared to pay more than the rest of the world, the LNG cargoes will come to the UK. And that has a direct impact on our market, as you say, with, uh, you know, some occasions, in fact, during the day, there can be times when six, nearly 60% of our power is coming from gas. Because wind's great when it's blowing and uh, something else has to fill the gap when it isn't and uh, you know with that in mind it's not just indigenous production there's a possibility of importing power as well but there are some limits on interconnector capacity i think at the moment aren't there still yeah so this winter i mean there's no new news in that respect but what we've seen is we've obviously had the problem with ifa two out of three gigs we've got the new norwegian interconnector which has only been flowing 0.7 gigs instead of the projected one those will be like so many things in the, in the sector at the moment those will be resolved but they're not being resolved during winter peaks they seem to be functioning in normal manner, but obviously uh, the price has to be right and the UK has to maintain that premium. That's been quite difficult of late with all of the talk and uh, froth around uh, the French nuclears. We've got uh, Shoes and uh, Chivot off in France at the moment and suspected cracks. So we're seeing that the ASN, which is the French nuclear regulator, is now looking uh, into whether the issues at these plants may appear at other plant uh, and obviously that's got the market quite frothy um, and why we saw sort of a, a fairly aggressive bull run early in French power and, and European power um, extending to the UK in the first few sessions of the new year. Uh, yesterday the market kind of began to think well actually this might be a little bit overblown but surely what we're seeing is we're seeing more and more pressure on supply constraints to the fact where you know this winter not just in Europe but globally uh, and, and obviously the UK as well you know we're going to see demands on um, on on fossil fuel fired generation in the UK that tends to mean gas but certainly for the rest of the world it still means coal we're going to see you know big demands and obviously that's underpinning any carbon trading schemes that might be out there because there's going to be more demand this winter conversely against all of the focus and the talk and the direction on um, 
reducing carbon, particularly from the power generation sector. Actually, you know, when it comes to keeping us warm and keeping the lights on, it's backseat. I think that's an important point, you know, in the short term, whatever the long term ambition on decarbonisation, in the short term, we've got to keep the lights on. And that's meant in the UK, as we are right now, um, using the remaining coal capacity you know it's small compared with markets like germany but it's still there the few power stations still operational they're running pretty much flat out this winter or for much of it and of course we've recently lost a, a nuclear power station at hunterston up in uh, in scotland and you know that had been giving reliable power for over four decades uh, but unfortunately it wasn't realistic to prolong its life and it's unfortunate isn't it you know ha having to do this if you're losing secure low carbon capacity fossil fuels and in this case largely Im imported gas are, are going to fill the gap and I, I just wonder if there are any sort of a you know messages there for managing the system for the future well i suppose it's, a, it's an exciting time in terms of there are quite a few projects going on in the background obviously uh, with nuclear there's the whole rolls-royce project about uh, small sort of uh, nuclear reactor technology that leans on um, sort of submarines and, and ships, which uh, could be very interesting. But timescales are of the essence. You know, unless the UK is able to extend some of the life of the remaining AGR fleet, then there are going to be big pinch points in this decade as we come down. And it just seems to me there's not a lot of joined up thinking on this. And, you know, the uh, I think it was the 31st of December when the EU slipped various amounts of gas and nuclear back into the uh, equation in terms of what counts as renewable on the journey to decarbonisation. Now, many of us in the industry think that is exactly, you know, a pragmatic and uh, the right thing to do and actually is just acknowledging that uh, the journey from A to B is a progression and not a wave of wand and an instant fix. But um, I think in the short term, it's ruffled a few feathers because, you know, there's not this silver bullet that produces the Nirvana state that we're all heading for in the longer term. Quite. And uh, as some of us have said for years, you know, there isn't a single technology or even a single set of technologies that are going to do it all on, on their own. And to wrap this up, lastly, what does all this all, all mean for, for inflation generally in the economy, would you say? Look, you know, there are greater minds than mine on this, but I think in terms of how it impacts energy pricing, I think the usual or the traditional methods of how governments would deal with embedded and uh, rampant inflation. I mean, you know, I don't believe in uh, temporary is, uh, well, what is temporary? You know, I mean, financials are typically cyclical anyway. So, I suppose you could argue everything's temporary. But for me, I think this is really interesting because we've got Central banks, I think, have probably got it wrong. They're flooding the market with liquidity. We're seeing that in terms of, you know, all the shifts in oil and gas and all that's been fueled in part, not specifically, but in part by people trying to get money into asset classes where inflation is not going to have a short term negative impact because equity markets may well start to downturn. But at the same time, we need to look at you know, the typical tools of how you deal with inflation is increasing interest rates. Well, we've had a low interest rate economy since sort of the mid 90s, effectively. And going back to 10% interest rates would just collapse basically the Western economy as we know it. Small businesses, medium sized businesses, probably even larger businesses, although the larger businesses can access some of the, the free money that's being printed by central banks. And I think it's really 
we've got to a point where raising direct taxes on individuals and corporations is probably the only way the government can actually deal with with this. It cannot raise interest rates to five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten percent because the economies would collapse. And I think that brings us into a whole new environment of uh, you know how long this goes on and and what the impacts are. And you know at the moment, I think a lot of the talk around oil is that there is. There may be long-term recessionary impacts that halt the price of oil and gas, but in the short and medium term, you know, rampant inflation is just, you know, we could easily see, oil's been really relatively contained, but we could see $100 a barrel or more just as a market inflation trade. Well, that's a slightly concerning point on which to conclude, Jason. I think you're right. You know, the rise in energy prices is here with us for a while. You know, whatever moderation we might see in in the short term, those pricing pressures are, are there and we may yet see higher prices indeed in, in oil. And it'll be interesting to see how that develops. And as you said yourself, we're living in strange times. So thank you for your observations as ever. I uh, hope you found that interesting too. If you'd like to find out more, do have a look at our website, alphaenergygroup.com forward slash UK and look out for our reports there. And we hope you're able to join us again for a podcast very soon.